Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Stumble and you might fall, man. I'll tell you, there's a lot of stumbling and falling going on in this country right now. It is so frustrating for a citizen who cares about the future of this country, cares about the future of my family, to watch the insanity that's going on. I mean, now we have another uh, potential indictment. The former president has been told he's a target in the January 6th criminal investigation by the special counsel. He's already been criminally charged with, what, three dozen, 37 different crimes about the classified documents when he left the White House, and now they want to indict him in the January 6th ridiculous probe? I'm telling you, this is so... I would be more upset if I didn't think it really just helps him. And that's a terrible thing. What kind of country is that? where they would try to keep somebody who the majority of Americans, certainly the majority of Republicans, want to see be president. You know, to, to, to go through these extraordinary, you know, stop telling me no one's above the law. Apparently whoever brought that cocaine into the White House is above the law. You know, I'm just so tired of this, uh, you know, two-track justice system. I see it all the time. Remember, I go into the jails. And what I see is mind-boggling. There's a system of justice that white-collar criminals experience, and then there's the system of justice that people who are poor and may get, well, even, uh, you know, frustrated enough to commit some kind of crime, they're treated completely different. They don't get to see lawyers for weeks. You know, you're entitled to defense, and I watch this, or their uh, public defenders abandon them in the middle of a trial and they have to start all over again. Some of these women are facing serious charges and I just sit there and I watch this go on. And I realize we're just warehousing human beings and we need to do something about that. There has to be a better way. And I'm not a person who believes that there shouldn't be ramifications and consequences for any crime. If you commit a crime against a neighbor or you commit a crime against this country, of course you should be held accountable. But to spend all this time and all this money targeting the former president when you know darn well, everybody knows darn well, that he's the presumptive nominee for a major party, the party that's not in the White House. So his opponent, who is in the White House, or his prospective opponent, let's put it that way, has orchestrated this insane Department of Justice to go after this individual. 
I've never seen anything like this except in like some third world banana republic. It's like the movie Bananas that Woody Allen made. A tin pot dictatorship kind of country. Is that what we've come to? Horrifying. You know, three, three dozen counts apparently weren't enough for Jack Smith. There were two sources with direct knowledge of the probe confirmed to NBC News that Smith sent Trump a target letter in the case. These are letters sent by the DOJ to give people a chance to testify before a grand jury after they have determined, after the Department of Justice has determined that there is substantial evidence linking them to a crime. What is this? What's going on? Is anybody besides me upset about this? Of course, the Department of Justice's spokesperson won't make any comment, and all you're gonna hear from any of them is like, well, uh, you know, it's an ongoing investigation. But we ended the investigation on the bag of cocaine that was found in the West Wing. That lasted two days. This has lasted almost three years. Investigation after investigation, accusations, accusations constantly leveled at, at Donald Trump, and they never ever seem able to actually effectively convince anybody, except for the very far left who's just easily convinced. But nobody out here in the listening public, nobody in the middle flyover country takes any of this seriously anymore. They're not the boy who cried wolf. They're beyond that. They're the Department of Justice that has rendered itself untrustable. Is that a word? We don't trust them. We don't trust the Secret Service. We don't trust the FBI. We don't trust the Attorney General. They put us in a position where we literally are looking for somebody who can restore some of our trust, some of our faith. When I look at his plan, Donald Trump's plan for what he wants to do, and right away the New York Times is like, oh, he wants an imperial presidency. I don't know about that. I think there's three branches of government for a reason. And since one of them has run completely amok, and the other one's being pressured, the judiciary is being pressured by the Department of Justice and by the media, by the way, and definitely by the Democrat Party. So if the president, whoever the next president is, but if the next president says, look, the executive branch should be controlling a lot of these rogue deep state agencies, I'm gonna give them a standing ovation. I don't care who it is. So. Go figure. You've got uh, an administration right now that has no confidence. The public has no confidence in them. We're afraid every time the president leaves the country and goes somewhere else that he's going to either stick his foot in his mouth or fall. And that's no confidence. We don't have any confidence. And as far as the vice president, when I'm able to understand what she's talking about, which is not all the time, you know, Joe Biden can blame his age on some of his misspeak, but the vice president is not old. She is at the, probably at the pinnacle of what I consider a woman's power. And she certainly has been given an enormous amount of power. He's made her the head of this and the head of that. And, and she sits around saying things that are incomprehensible. 
you know, and making claims that are ridiculous. Jesse Jackson did not initiate the rainbow. I don't care what she says. God initiated the rainbow when he told Noah, here's a sign that the flooding is over. And, you know, I, I guess maybe it's just me. But every day I watch this administration and my stomach is upset. Now I got to look at another criminal prosecution, potential prosecution against Donald Trump, who is the leading candidate for the Republican nomination in the next election. How is this going to play out? I mean, it's beyond my comprehension. There are days when I look at what's going on and I think to myself, this is just a bad dream and I'm going to wake up and everything's going to be all right. You know, I'm going to feel like I have confidence in the election. If they'll go to these lengths to try and keep him from becoming the candidate, to what lengths will they go to make sure he doesn't win? That's the question. We're seeing it right now. And if it doesn't concern you, wow. You know, go back in your cave. Go back in your hole because there's no hope for you. Nothing I say or anybody else says will convince you. You know, the former president on Saturday was at the uh, Turning Point Action Conference here in Florida, right? And, and he said the biggest mistake he made was he put the wrong people in jobs in his administration. And I've been saying that since the day he appointed Jeff Sessions Attorney General. And trust me, Jeff Sessions is one of my heroes. But I knew that was the wrong position. And I was right. So now, hopefully, we have a potential president in Donald Trump who won't make those mistakes. He will not allow people who are, how do you put it? Um, they are literally deep state operatives. And he got snowed by some of the people he trusted. So I, I don't know. I, I see no hope for this country until we get a president who wants to put America first like never before and finish the job he started. If you don't wipe out that swamp, if you don't obliterate the deep state, then we're doomed. We are. We know who the good people are in government. We do. And we know who the bad people are. According to the fake news, you know, Donald Trump's the bad one. Anyway, let me take a break. I'm going to be talking with the representative Michael Waltz at the bottom of the hour. He's got a couple of things I want to talk to him about. And, of course, uh, I'm also scheduled to speak with Congressman Byron Donalds on Friday and I believe Congressman Brian Mast on Thursday, but whatever. I'm going to talk to these guys because I need to get Republicans to get some backbone. They need to stiffen their spines and they need to throw their support behind the only candidate the people want to get the nomination. Just saying. It's my job, right? Stay right where you are. Quick break. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So, 
You know, my husband is totally obsessed with this idea that the digital dollar and all this nonsense that's going on, particularly in other countries, is, well, for a pastor, it's very symbolic. No, it's actually more than symbolic. It's frightening. And this week, I get a story. I, I try to hide them from him because I'm afraid he'll, like, lose his mind. Uh, Panera Bed, Bread, rather, who is a wonderful store. If you've ever gone there, I love that little round loaf of bread with onion soup in it. They have like some really good stuff. I think once upon a time, Panera Bread was a big sponsor of 850 WFTL, and we got a lot of Panera goodies. And I loved the, the they have a cinnamon raisin bagel that is off the charts. So I'm a fan of Panera Bread. But all of a sudden, Panera Bread decides they're going to run this experiment and they put in something called palm scanners, saying that this is going to make things easier for their customers by linking their fingerprints to their accounts and allowing them to use their palms as a form of contactless payment. Now, ju just, just indulge me for a minute. This is not a conspiracy theory. They're doing it in... Uh, a couple of stores. They they rolled it out in the, the first national restaurant to do it, which means it's going to be done big scale, right? The CEO, Niran Chaudhry, described the change as a frictionless, personalized, and convenient upgrade to the company's loyalty program. Here's the press release. Amazon One will bring an even more personalized touch to the Panera dining experience. Guests who link their My Panera account to Amazon One will enjoy the convenience of fast payments as well as tailored meal recommendations from Panera Associates based on their preferences and previous orders. After a simple scan of the palm, Panera Associates will be able to greet the guests by name, communicate their available rewards, and reorder their favorite menu items or take another order. So, so this is what's going to happen, right? If I'm enrolled in this program, I go in. And by the way, they already have this at some Whole Foods markets. And they definitely had them at the Amazon Fresh stores, which I don't think exist anymore. They were unsuccessful with that. But w what they've done, I'll give you a great example. If you're a Prime member and you go into Whole Foods, if you just, you know, put this QR that's on your phone, QR code up to the screen, it now goes directly to your linked information, which includes credit card information. So now I won't even have to hold a QR code up. All I got to do is put my palm down and they will know everything about me. Is this okay with you? I mean, does this sound convenient or does this sound invasive? That's my question. Because I feel like I'm being tracked so much to think, you know, if you want to put in biometric data scanning, why don't we put it in at the airports so we don't all have to be humiliated walking through this x-ray machine that then shows our nakedness to some schlub who's working there. Maybe he's not a schlub, but. I don't want them seeing underneath my clothes, into my bones, right? I had one, when I went to the last trip I took, I walked through the biometric data scanner or whatever it is. I don't even know what you call those things, the scanner. 
and the person at the other end, I'm very used to them saying, I'm going to have to pat you down, right? Because I have two hips that have, were recently replaced. I have a metal rod in my right uh, calf. So I set off alarms. I know I'm gonna, and I, I'm, I'm comfortable knowing that they'll, they'll pat me down in, a, in a, not a ridiculous manner. I've never been sexually assaulted. I, that's my experience. I know some people say they have. I'm not one of them. You know, they take a flat palm in a glove and they go down my leg and they, they're looking at the, at the image. So they know what they're looking at or what they're looking for. But, you know, it's kind of humiliating when I get pulled out of the line because I don't know what am I going to announce to all the people standing in line? Well, I have uh, two artificial hips. No. So they don't know if I'm a terrorist or anything. And some people like look at me and think I might be. So I'd rather that if you're going to put biometric data scanning somewhere, put it in at the airline entrance because then I'm making a choice. I'm getting on this airline by choice, but Every time I go into a store now, they're going to be able to tell who I am and what my favorite food is. That scares me. And if it doesn't scare you, then perhaps I need to have whatever medication you're currently taking. Because it would, it would definitely uh, require medication for me not to be alarmed by a palm scanning, biometric data scanning device in stores that I frequent. You know, I frequent Whole Foods which I refer to as whole paycheck. And I have frequented Panera Bread stores throughout, you know, the last 15 years, however long they've been in existence. I've gone into those stores. I don't go out of my way, but if they're there, I go in. I, like I said, I love those cinnamon bagels. But I'm not putting my palm down. You can forget that. That's not happening. I, I, I don't want to go into a whole Mark of the Beast uh, serenade here. But if you know anything about that, I'm sure that, uh, that you must be thinking the same thing I'm thinking, right? On your palm, no less, right? Mm. So my friend Howard Galganoff had written an article, and it was, pretty, it was pretty crazy. You know, his contention was that every time Ron DeSantis, the governor, speaks, he basically says that the Democrats are afraid of him. And... All I keep thinking is, they're not afraid of you. They're afraid of Donald Trump. They know that you are no match for Donald Trump. So stop saying that. Stop comparing yourself to Donald Trump. You have modeled yourself after Donald Trump in some areas, in some areas not. But the idea that anybody is afraid of Governor DeSantis, the only people afraid of you, a governor, are the people who don't like you anyway. So trust me, they're not worried that you're going to win. I don't think there's anybody worried that you're going to win. I know I'm not. And I have a horse in the race, so to speak. You know, I want Donald Trump to be the nominee. And you pose the only threat, if not the greatest threat, to him getting the nomination. Well, I should rephrase that. Jack Smith poses the greatest threat. And if I were Governor DeSantis, I would be out in front of this and say, these attacks 
against former President Donald Trump are frightening. And whoever wins, whether it's me or Donald Trump or Vivek Ramaswamy or whoever it is, they better dismantle this nonsense, these agencies that are rogue and run amok. We don't take out political opponents this way. And that's what really, you know, you need somebody to explain that. Then you have that anti-Semite, Pramila Jayapal, and all those, uh, you know, what do they call them? The squad. These people hate Israel. The only democratic state in the entire Middle East, they call it a racist state. And finally, a few Jewish representatives stood up, you know, but not the whole Democrat Party didn't stand up against them. This is crazy. This administration threw Israel under the bus without so much as a second's thought, and Jews will still vote for them. Makes me, really, makes me crazy. But, you know, listen, we're going to turn things around. I believe that. If I didn't believe that, I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. You know, I'm banking on a victory in spite of everything that they're doing to not allow the victory to happen. I'm banking on that victory because I love this country and I would like to restore this country to the giant democratic experiment that worked. But we cannot do that with... uh, with Nikki Haley, and we can't do it with Ron DeSantis. There's only one rabid dog who will take them on like they got to be taken on. One who's convinced that this it's now or never, because I'm convinced it's now or never. All right, let me take a break. Hopefully I'll be talking with uh, Congressman Representative Michael Waltz when we come back. Got a couple of questions to ask him. Stay right where you are. All right, we're going to hold a line open for the representative. They do get hung up in various committee meetings, so we'll see. But I I do want to talk to him because he got very confrontational, um, much to my pleasure, with one John Kerry. And he basically accused him of something I've been saying for a long, long time. And I just want to have an opportunity to see if he's going to pursue that because it looks like he is. I keep getting these press releases. And, uh, you know, he's going in the right direction. I need people in Congress, and that's why I'm bringing a couple of congressmen on this week, who, you know, want to fight for us. If they're going up there because they think they can gain a lot of prestige and power, that is the wrong reason. That is not how this republic was designed. We're a bottom-up republic. We, the people, determine what we want our representatives to do. Now, I understand. We're not all going to agree. If you send a representative from San Francisco into Congress and you send a representative from, uh, pick a town in Florida that's truly conservative, Sarasota, they're not going to agree on most issues. That's what the debate is about. That's why they get up in committees. All right, good. Let's bring on, um, we do have the representative on the line because I don't like the word congressman anymore because Congress is such a shallow <laughs> group. Mike Walls from the 6th District of Florida is on with me. And uh, I was so proud of you when I saw the video of you challenging John Kerry. I just had to tell you, great job. <laughs> 
Oh, thanks, Joyce. You know, I mean, it was truly incredible that he denied and tried to very arrogantly chastise my colleague Corey Mills, also from Florida, who asked him if he about his private plane. He denied ever owning one, and then it was my turn, and I said, oh, wait a minute. Mm. Uh, are you telling us under oath uh, that you or your family, I had to put that, you know, lawyerly right. clause in there, and then he said, oh, well, well, my wife owned it, <laughs> uh, and, and we were off to the races. But just such arrogance, such hypocrisy, and I guess uh, we, we must look a lot dumber than we are that he thought he could get away with it. Well, they all lie. That's what kills me is I watch congressional hearing after congressional hearing, and I'm looking at the director of the FBI lie. I'm looking at, you know, a former secretary of state lie. And all I can say to myself is, you know, does Congress have any power left? I mean, the three branches of government, you guys represent us. It looks horrible. Yeah. Well, Joyce, you know, we have the power of the purse. Right. Uh, we are going to completely defund Gary's uh, office, which, by the way, he wouldn't tell us. He refused to tell us who works for him, how hmm. many people work for him. So we're just going to defund the entire thing. Uh, and, look, for the FBI, I think you are going to see some very serious reforms to, well, number one, their authorities and their powers. Mm -hmm. And then number two, I think you're going to see a push to split the FBI, uh, their national security division, away from what is typically kind of their crime-fighting uh, uh, division, because those have been blended in ways that are uh, unconstitutional, uh, and we've, we've exposed the corruption there. Yeah. Um, but to your point, at the end of the day, for anything criminal, we have to refer it to the Department of Justice. And oh. I don't expect this Department of Justice for a second uh, to actually enforce the law if it means going after Biden's people. Right. No Democrats will ever be investigated. I mean, you explained to me how in Long Island they found a serial killer from 10, 12 years ago, uh, but they can't get a fingerprint off a non-porous baggie that shows up in the White House. And they close an investigation <laughs> after three days, whereas this investigation against Donald Trump, now today they announced they send him another letter. We're going to indict you on the January 6th uh, probe. What is going on? Well, I think, you know, I would encourage uh, everyone listen. Uh, if you haven't taken the time to actually read the Durham report, Mm -hmm. uh, this was the investigation that took way too long, uh, but the investigation into the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Uh, and it shows very clearly uh, that Comey, McCabe, Brennan, Clapper, Obama, Biden, Loretta Lynch, all of them knew uh, that we had intelligence showing that the entire thing was a Clinton campaign hit job. And they not only allowed it to continue uh, to a, a sitting presidential candidate once the man overcame the odds and what they were throwing at him uh, as a sitting president mm. allowed this thing to continue to the absolute destruction of trust uh, and, and credibility in, in, in the government. It mm -hmm. is something you would see in Pakistan or Indonesia. I never thought I'd see it in the United States.
No, neither uh, did it, I. It really is. It really, truly is incredible. The corruption at the top level, not the everyday agents, but at the top level of our justice department. Yeah, but it's time for those everyday agents to speak up, and I think they're beginning to do that. There's, you get whistleblowers, yeah, and all that. No, but well, they are. I mean, we have literally dozens of whistleblowers coming to us. But I mean, if we hadn't gained the majority in the House, they would have. They've had nowhere to go the last two years. So, right. I mean, think about all of the things that we would not know today, just being in the majority and having power in one half of our Congress for six months. So imagine this is the tip of the iceberg of what we're going to expose over the next year and a half. Yeah, imagine if Elon Musk hadn't bought Twitter. We wouldn't know right. that there was collusion between government officials and tech you know, companies to silence conservatives. I mean, it, and even knowing that, I look at these committee meetings and I look at, uh, you know, you guys all sitting there and you're bringing out all this information and nothing changes. It just gets worse. Now we got another indictment coming down, uh, apparently, for Donald Trump. And and I just, I I don't understand. You do have the power of the purse. You got to defund all of these rogue agencies because the, the public has lost all confidence. I don't trust the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I don't trust anybody in the Department of Justice. And now we got the Secret Service all messed uh, with this baggie. Um, it's so hard. It's so <laughs> well, hard to be a citizen. Yeah. You are going to see, I believe it's going to come out next week. I mean, you're going to see the, the State Department's budget, uh, Kerry's office, uh, our funding to the U.N., our funding to the WHO, uh, it is going to get hit with a sledgehammer. Okay. Uh, so we, we are going to defund on the Department of Justice side. I'll let Jim Jordan uh, and Jamie Comer continue to put a spotlight on, mm-hmm. on what's happening over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just introduced a measure to ban CRT. It's in the defense bill. Mm-hmm. And we've got all of our military academy superintendents coming before the committee tomorrow. So I hear you, Joyce. We're all just as frustrated. Uh, we're, we're five, six months into this. Um, we control half the Congress and not the White House. We've got to get them back. Yes. Uh, and you're right. We've got a clean house. Right. And, I, you know, look, I love our governor. He's, uh, you know, he's been a, a t- super governor. But the, the party really has to understand, and I, I'm sure you guys do understand, that whoever goes into that White House cannot afford to waste four years trying to figure out where the swamp creatures live. At least we have one candidate on our side that knows where they live and has, you know, has every intention of cleaning out that swamp. If you don't clean out those bureaucrats in the deep state, no, it wouldn't matter if you had both houses because they control what goes on. And I, I've never been so, so scared in my life that this country, as, as the Founding Father said, we won't get attacked from the outside. We'll be destroyed from within. Well, that's exactly why I endorse uh, President Trump uh, mm-hmm. right, out, right out the gate. And I agree with you. Uh, a governor has been a great governor. He was, a, he was a, effectively a wartime governor in the middle of COVID. Right. Uh, and thank God for him. Mm-hmm. But think of all the things President Trump got done in just four years, despite everything being thrown at him. Yeah. Uh, uh, from the border to crime to the economy uh, to the Abraham Accords to terrorism yeah. to China. Uh, and, and we need somebody that's going to hit the ground running and yeah. build on all that. Heck, I'll take 12 years of both of them. Yeah, but I think I... for this time, this moment right now, uh, we, we need President Trump. 
Yeah, we need somebody who knows where the bodies are buried. I'll tell you the other thing. This disrespect for Israel and for uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu really grieves my spirit. And I think that, you know, you should tell Jim Jordan to do the same thing that was done when, you know, we last had some control, which was invite him to address, you know, the Republicans on in the House, the, the whole House. But trust me, I want to see who boycotts that. You already got the squad boycotting the president, who's not even a political figure. Yeah, he's, he's largely a symbolic head of state. Right. Uh, this, is why, this is why, Joyce, I've labeled the squad the Hamas caucus. Yes. Uh, they show more sympathy to terrorists mm -hmm. uh, who like to launch rockets on civilians than they do to the state of Israel, which is an elected democracy, which has Arabs in its parliament, in the Knesset. Right. Um, and uh, it has some simple requests of what's left of the Palestinian Authority, much less Hamas. Uh, stop t teaching your kids uh, to hate Jewish people and mm -hmm. suicide bombers and stop launching rockets on civilian uh, right. on, on civilian cities. And then we can talk. Uh, so, uh, look, uh, it's. It's sad. It's disgusting. Support for Israel used to be a bipartisan kind of no-brainer. Right. But this is what the progressives, uh, you know, for them to call Israel an apartheid state is just it's ridiculous on so yeah. many levels. Yeah. But and this you got, is the road the progressives are going down. I know. And you got Florida Democrats who are Jewish. You got uh, Frankel. You've got Debbie Wasserman Schultz, like is, Moskowitz. Is this OK with them that the Democrat Party has launched an attack against the only democracy in the Mideast? Stand up. You know, I don't have to tell a Green Beret to stand even when nobody else is standing. So, you know, I'm confident in you. But I just every day I think about you and uh, Brian Mast and Byron Donalds, and I think what a what a lonely fight against some of this insanity. <laughs> yeah, there's some days I think Afghanistan was a little bit easier than to see choice, but yeah. but look, those uh, you know those Democrats you just mentioned, mm -hmm. uh, they say that that they have a real problem with this. Yeah. I would ask them to you know kind of put the money where the mouth is, exactly. and. Um, Jai Payal, the head of the Progressive Caucus, oh. who said Israel's a racist nation, no. uh, should step down, and they should be demanding she step down. Yeah. You know how, how big her caucus is? It's half of the Democrats in the House. It's 100 wow. members. So wow. it's not some small, you know, little fraction. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's half of the Democrats in the House that she's leading, mm -hmm. and I think they should be leading the charge to have her step down. Mm hmm yeah, and thank you for confronting uh, John Kerry, who is literally conducting shadow diplomacy, because we're hearing it from the people he's talking to. You know, the foreign minister, uh, uh, the former Iranian foreign minister, Zarif, he said, look, you know, we, we have these uh, back channels with Kerry. Get him out of there. He has no business doing that kind of stuff. Imagine if somebody in the Trump administration had tried that. Yeah, no, right, well... I mean, they, they tried to prosecute Flynn yeah. as the incoming national security advisor for talking to the ambassador of Russia in addition to some other ambassadors. Right. And, you know, lo and behold, later, when John Radcliffe declassifies the call transcript that we intercepted, he was talking about things that are perfectly normal and acceptable. But they try to you know prosecute him under the Logan Act as a private citizen engaging in and um, in diplomacy, yet Kerry's running around literally telling our enemies mm -hmm. in the Iranian regime, hold fast, 
we're going to win the next election uh, and undermining a sitting president's policy. And I asked them, you know, how are you going to feel when you have Trump officials running around saying, don't listen to the climate nonsense. We're going to be getting out of Paris when we Mm. win in 2024. Right. Uh, Right. And he didn't like that too much. But too bad. Yeah. We're going to call the hypocrisy out at every turn, especially when he's flying around on his family's private plane and trying to deny it. Well, thank you for standing up for us. You know, I just uh, I, I had to get a hold of you this week because I was just proud of you when I watched that. I said, that's our congressman. You keep up the good work. Uh, yes, ma'am. We're in the uh, fight, and I'll right. talk to you soon. Very soon. Take care. Yeah, listen, if we don't have some people who got some backbone and stiffen their spines, we're screwed. It's over. Game over. I like Michael Watts. I like I like some of the congressmen. I like Byron Donalds. He's coming on Friday. Now the talk is Byron Donalds for vice president. Got my, uh, he, he gets my seal of approval, that's for sure. All right, let me take a final break before this, this particular program ends, and let me remind you that coming up right after me is Eric Erickson, the new uh, premier of his show here on the station, and we are just thrilled with this lineup and i'm getting so much positive feedback i have some beautiful actually dan bongino went online to say how much he loves me so you can't beat that right so for all of the naysayers both of you (laughs) actually two naysayers yesterday um uh, take your comments and stick them where the sun don't shine i'll be right back I tell you, the the left is just vicious. That's all I can say. There's some professor at at NYU who goes on the record saying that he doesn't think that uh, Donald Trump's even going to run, that he's going to get some kind of plea deal, um, and that Christie is going to get the nomination. And I'm like, what? That's like, if that happens... It really is game over. If Krispy Kreme got the nomination over Donald Trump and even over um, the leading candidate, which is Ron DeSantis, and the third candidate, which is Vivek Ramaswamy, I'd be pretty surprised. You know, he's got 1% support right now, and he's a... I'm not going to use that term. It's not nice. But I just, I can't even believe anybody would say that, that... Donald Trump should just go home and take a pass because otherwise he's going to end up in, in, in a cell. This is what this professor said, and he'll die of diabetes in a cell. If he goes to jail for one year, it's probably a death sentence, this guy said. I don't think someone at his age ever recovers from being incarcerated. I, I mean, you just, you just have to roll your eyes. They're vicious. They're truly, truly vicious. And again... I'm watching the criminal division of whatever agencies are involved in having tracked down the Gilgo Beach serial killer. And there is no way in my mind that they could track down the guy who murdered those women, what is it, 15 years ago, 12 years ago, long time ago. And they cannot figure out who left the cocaine? In the White House? It just doesn't make sense. I, when I listen to Dan Bongino break it down, it really doesn't make sense. I had no idea that a tour 
of the West Wing required you have to personally know like somebody in the Secret Service or a member of the family or something. And that means you're in a pretty small group, right? You're not just a citizen who put in to visit the White House. I've visited the White House. I'm sure many of you have gone to Washington and you take the tour of the White House. You gotta book it way ahead of time, but you don't go into the West Wing. And you basically, even when you go to Congress, if you're gonna see what's going on in the Senate or in the House, you're upstairs and it's not exactly easy to get anymore. When I was young, you could go and watch all kinds of congressional hearings. It was fascinating. I, I, did a num- I did it a number of times. Like I said, I was there the day that uh, then Congressman Daniel Patrick Moynihan made the most impassionate speech I've ever heard against victimizing minority groups. That's what it was about. But of course, he was lambasted because he didn't want welfare. Anyway, you just can't make this stuff up. It's, it's in the news every day. So we'll see. I, I, you know, as I said before, I believe that the next president will be Donald Trump. And if he is, there's going to be a shakeup in Washington, the likes of which nobody has ever seen. If he finishes what he started, it's going to be incredible. And it's going to be the best thing that could happen to this country. And I love this country. I want this country restored. So I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. Enjoy all the great lineup. Brian, you know, the morning show, be back at 6, then Brian Kilmeade, then Diane Bongino, and then me. Who could ask for anything more? I'll see you tomorrow. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.